folks, it's Dr. Christine Sauer with Sparkles for Better Mental Health, Personal Growth in Five Dimensions. And today I'm really excited to have Donna Fairhurst on my show. Hi, Donna. How are you today? Hi, Christine. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Now, women like me, I see that in the background. Tell us about yourself, your journey, and how you became the person you are today. Oh, well, you know, my my mantra is challenge, uh, defined and refined me. I've survived through near blindness, childhood polio, two divorces, bankruptcy, multiple yo-yo to God near death experiences. And all of these experiences empowers me to live and coach my zero to clarity principles and help people to pivot from nowhere to live now here. It's my vision, my mission to have people clear and present in their lives. Wow, what a vision and mission. Tell me a little bit more in detail. Uh, how did you grow up? What happened to you? What's your darkest point? Um, well, in my childhood, I was born legally blind. My parents didn't discover it until I was 12 years old. And when I was one, I got polio in the epidemic of 1952, where sadly 6,000 children died in Canada from polio. So um, I learned how to be very still and very quiet and to see and hear beyond normal vision. I also you know, had visitations from angels and guides and guardians. At that age, I had no idea, no way to put a framework around that. So it just what what was is what is was. And I didn't doubt I didn't second guess anything. It wasn't until I started, old, you know, a little bit later when I got speech and, and language to tell my parents what I was seeing and feeling and hearing. And of course, they were terrified. They thought I was you know, bipolar or schizophrenic or something like that, because I would talk about being in different places with different people. And so, you know, they wrestled with that. And it became such a pain point in my childhood that I just shut down, I shut it all down. And I became a very quiet, introverted child. And as polio had affected um, my mobility quite a bit, um, I dove into sports as physiotherapy before sports as physiotherapy was really a thing. And my parents were amazing. My father actually used to put me on the back of a horse on my stomach tied across the horse's rump. And then he would run the horse around and around and around the paddock. And those big hot warm muscles were massaging all of my muscles and I was in constant movement. My mom would sit me on a milk pail with a cushion and she would tie my feet to the treadle sewing machine and then she would sew for hours and my feet and then she'd flip me over on my tummy and put my arms on and my dad would get in a 40 foot cattle trough tie me on his back put me in a shirt and swim back and forth across this trough so I learned early on that nothing was impossible I regained my mobility pretty much by the time I went to school my speech was a little bit handicapped um, got through that stage and then, you know, launched into my life and uh, quit school. Crazy thing that I did young went went to work in business and uh, had a life of business and then moved overseas where I had uh, multiple near death experiences from surgeries, 
I've worked through two divorces, two other painful relationships. And at 54, I finally stepped out of what was the darkness in me into the light and really came out of the closet, the spiritual closet, and stood up for who I was and what I was. And in that, I learned that failure is a, a choice. And it's actually sometimes in our highest good to fail at things and feel that challenge. You know, I always say challenge defined me for so many years. And in the process, it refined me. I went from mud to a statue of gold in that, in my mind. And all of the energy that I feel around me is always lavender and gold and sparkling white. I love, I love I love, love, love your four sparkles because that's what I see. And I see chakras and auras and you are this blazing light full of lavender and orange and blue. Your throat chakra is like as big as the world. And, you know, I see your mission. My mission is to help reach out to younger people and share our knowledge and experience and the wisdom that comes with age and with experiences. Well, your light is bright, my dear. So, and so bright. is yours, my darling. And I've learned <laughs> to see the chakras too. And uh, my children never expressed any uh, spirits, but I know some children see them. And I totally believe that they exist, although I was an atheist until I was 38. <laughs> so let me ask you, I, I first I must say, I admire your parents for giving you what then was widely unknown, but now they do it as equine therapy and yes. <laughs> applied physiotherapy that they in, included you in their daily activities and kind of forced you gently to move and yeah. to develop muscles that you didn't even know. It probably wasn't always pleasant for you. I didn't have a choice. It was what was. <laughs> Right. And, and that is sometimes the right thing. But let me ask you, you went a lot through ups and downs and you're talking about divorces and bankruptcy. And I can imagine the heartache and the pain that goes with that. Now, my attitude to pain is that it's very valuable because without pain, we will not change. That's right. And without pain, you can't realize the joy of not being in it. Mm. No, we, that is we, true, too. We take we take our our being as for for granted many many times. Our physical body uh, is a vessel that carries our soul around, and yet we treat it often with disrespect, and uh, it, it will come back to haunt us. And then when we feel that pain of disrespecting the body or having an illness that was brought on by perhaps an energetic imbalance, you feel that sense of failure and you know over and over we as humans have uh, the erroneous tendency to think of failure as a negative energy failure is not a negative energy failure is like so how i like to break it down christine is for me every word in every language and every letter of every word carries the energy and the intention of that word so when you look at failure and you break it down by the letters, the F is the freedom to choose again. I made a mistake. Oh, wow, I get to choose again. And the A is the awareness that it's an opportunity. And then aligning yourself with the action 
that you need to take. And when you do that, you create an intention and inspiration to make changes. And with that, you have to lean into trusting and loving yourself and learning from the mistakes that you're really limitless. It's just a choice. You don't have to accept it as a failure. You can accept it as an opportunity to learn. And when you do that, you move into the field of what I call infinite unity. And that's connection to source, whatever that is for you, you know, or not. And the R is always about releasing and uh, especially limiting beliefs, releasing limiting beliefs, reconnecting to source, restoring your confidence and your faith in source yourself and the world. And then through that, you evolve. And then that evolution brings valuation to the experience rather than evaluation. You stop judging and you find value in the experience. And when you find value in the experience, you elevate yourself and all the energy around you. And then you're in calm, then you're connected, then you're coherent, then you're operating from the light and you shine your light, it grows bigger and it attracts more light to you. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I see failure as a grand adventure. I, I really like that attitude. I see it the same way because it's in a way you can say you fail forward. Yes. And, and, and failing, it doesn't mean that you are going backwards. On the contrary. And I work a lot with depressed people. I call from sad to sparkle. Mm. And, and, and I talk about uh, climbing the seven steps to climb the mountain of life. Because really, that's what we all do. We climb the mountain of life, but some choose to just walk around in circles all their life. They never get to some kind of a summit to connect with the universe, as you're saying, or the creator, or the source. Source is a term that Wayne Dyer liked a lot, and Wayne Dyer is beautiful literature. Let me ask you, what's your favorite book? Oh, Wayne Dyer, The Power of Intention. Ah, that's he was nice. a he was a great mentor and coach for me. And um, every book, every single book he's written is a treasure. Read yeah, them all. Yeah. Excuses be gone. My husband mm -hmm. reminds me every time. He said, you're the master of excuses. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I love the equation he gave, I think, in, in Miracles, Manifest Miracles, was, was that if you, the power of nine people, in prayer or in meditation together with a joint intention to raise awareness about something, mm -hmm. anything will increase to 90 and that 90 will increase to 900 and that energy will create to 9,000 and 9,000 will go to 900,000 and then 900,000 will go to 9 million with a simple one intention. Yeah. We need to spread more positive energy in this world. It, it, it really needs it. We do. We do. And I love the idea of multiplying it like that. Start with one, and then that one person gives it to nine others, and so on, and so on. And Wayne Dyer also talked a lot, a lot about Taoism and the, the Tao did thing. And, and I loved his book about it because it makes it so accessible for many people. The Chinese, old Chinese philosophy is so far away. And I studied, of course, comparative religion like you probably too did. Buddhism and Taoism and I came to the 
inside. It's all the same. What do you think? Do you know what, Christine? I could never find um, my father was was traditional Roman Catholic. My mother was traditional Protestant. They raised um, their three children with the knowledge of both of their religions. Plus they made sure that we had knowledge of all the other religions that were out there. And they said, well, you'll find one that sticks. You'll find, my dad would say, my dad was real as dirt. And he'd say, you'll find your mud. And when it hits you, it'll stick. I like and it. I never found my mud. I just kind of swam through it all. And I took a little bit from here and a little bit from there and a little bit from there. And I, I was like, piecemealing it all together into my quilt that would I could wrap around me I never had a word for it and I was saying this to someone a couple of weeks ago you know what I've never found a word that encompasses my belief system and I'm going to throw it at my angels the very next day I opened Instagram and there was this gorgeous picture and the definition of omniism and I went, oh my God, my heart just blew open. And I thought, I'm an omniist. I've been waiting to put a label on it my whole life. And behind that a I... little bit more, because the term is new to me, but I think I, I think I know what you mean, but I'm not sure. So I'd rather ask. Omniist so many is times. someone that take an omniist is someone that has a belief in source, God, creator, mm -hmm. whatever that is, that there is an overriding energy and power that is in us all and takes the little pearls that I told you I was gathering in my necklace of this resonates with me. I know this to be true. And it's really different when you are a spiritual seeker between a belief that was taught to you by your tribe and a knowing that is an experience and an integration. So through my early childhood experiences, I knew there were angels. I knew that there were guardians. I knew that there were guides and spirits because they sat with me. They held me. They talked to me. And then when I shut it down they, and went in the closet, they all disappeared because I was refusing to see them. I went back then to those pieces and pearls of wisdom that I picked up from all the different religions I had been reading on. And I realized that I had strung together my own string of pearls that was my knowing, my knowing what was true for me. And it, it encompassed all the religions. There were bits of all of the religions in it. And I found truth in all of them. Um, and that's omniism. Okay, I, I know that as a little bit as unity principle or unitarianism, I don't know really what the difference is. I don't think those terms are very well defined because it's such an individual experience. Yeah, and, and I, I like that, that there's that it is you discovering what is truth in spirit for you. I agree. And I, when you find that, it shows up. And those are the people that are the most tolerant to our religions because there's truth in all of them, including, and, and I always, I laughed. My favorite book is Siddhartha by Hermann Hesse. And in the end, when, when he looks at the river and he sits by the river, I give it as a task to my clients. I ask them, tell me in the next session what the river does. <laughs> Remember? That is synchronicity, Christine, because I have a, a element of my teaching that I call the river and I was explaining you know 
to be like the river to someone who was actually a reporter who was in, interviewing me. And I said to him, have you ever seen a river you didn't like? And he said, no. I said, have you ever seen a waterfall you didn't like? And he said, no. I said, have you ever seen a creek or a slough that you didn't like? And he said, no. I said, you cannot not like water. Even if it's brown and deep and you can't see it, it's carrying you somewhere. And we are like water. We are meant to be spiritually like water where we flow through our life and we hit the banks and we we go underground and we go into eddies and quiet pools and then we're raging currents and waterfalls and then we're deep still ponds we're all part of that we're all one with the water and the air and when we find that in ancient greek the saying is pantare everything flows yes that's it uh, oh i love that i could talk to you for hours and hours but we have slowly wrapped that up and give your listeners or our listeners a few nuggets, golden nuggets uh, in the last five minutes of the show. Find value in everything. When you find value, you're in common coherence. You are in non-judgment. You are creating the space for soulful solutions. You are heart-based. You are in cooperation and the cycle repeats. When you are in chaos and incoherence, it's evaluation of yourself, others, or a situation. That's judgment. Judgment creates problems. Problems originate from the ego and you compromise yourself and your soul. And that's management rather than manifesting. So do you want to be a manager or do you want to be a manifester? And if you're managing, you're probably dealing with shame, blame, guilt, and fear. If you are manifesting, you are knowing, you are growing, you are flowing, and you glow. And when you raise your light, you shine your light brighter, and you bring like lights to you. And then you can combine your lights and grow it so much bigger and help so many people out of the darkness. Now, anybody that listens or watches you say that and is touched by that message because it is gorgeous. I love that positivity, that energy, that sparkle, that light shining from you and your message. Uh, if they feel, oh, I want to talk to Donna, how can they reach you? Um, they can get me best on my website, Donna at DonnaFairhurst.com. And my email is Donna at donnafairhurst.com. So the website is www.donnafairhurst.com. When you go on the website, you'll receive my free clear and manifesting prayer that I brought back from a near-death experience. There'll be an opportunity for you to connect with me for a complimentary zero to clarity session to see if my principles and teachings resonate with you. Wow, that is amazing. And I want to recommend to anybody to take advantage of that. And I'll make sure the links will be underneath the video and then the show notes. Now, thank you so much, Donna, to be on this show. It was a pleasure speaking with you. My very great joy and pleasure. Thank you and thank blessings. Bye-bye. When you combine modern science, ancient wisdom, nature experience and love, magic happens. I'm Dr. Christine Sauer, physician, naturopath, coach, human. It feels like magic to my clients 
and their lives are transformed through the skilled combination of natural and human sciences, ancient philosophies and caring human-to-human -human interaction. Discover this kind of modern wizardry and let's prepare powerful healing potions together. Come and enter our wonderful world of wellness.